Welcome to the Cinema Shit Show. Oh shit, here we are. We are recording. Um Yeah, but So hey here here we are at the shit show once again. Uh I'm Nick's. I mean T Bob and T Nix. Uh and with me as usual is is my my, my loyal friend Obi Ben Shinobi, aka T Bob. <laughs> and uh today we actually <laughs> today we actually have a special guest on our show. It's the first one ever. Um and uh, that would be T Bob. I mean, shit snake. I mean, shit snake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that oh would be, man. That would be Nick, our good friend from Bad Movies We Love. Um, hi, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I get to be shit snake today, so we're gonna have fun. Sweet. So we had um, you. You were the very first person I ever recorded with. Um. I had no idea what a podcast was like. I didn't even listen to any of them. Um, but you graciously invited me on to talk about the original Troll, uh, mm-hmm. which was a, uh Empire picture. And um, I had to talk about it because you had talked about the sequel before, and I thought it was unfair that we wouldn't even mention the first one. So I had, had to fix that. Um, and... Ben, I know you've been on with Nick too, right? Have you done one solo or just with me and and uh, for Showgirls? I think it was just the Showgirls, right, Nick? Yeah, I mean we got we got something on the calendar, but I don't think you're coming on solo for that one either. No, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm doing one uh, with my friend Michelle. So We're just just yeah, Michelle's ben likes everywhere to keep company. Uh, Not so, your Michelle, Nick. I don't have a Michelle. I'm just saying there's some... Uh, what's his name? <laughs> well, we did you know a, what I mean. The Michelle right. the Michelle that you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we recorded uh, the the read-through of the script with the Michelle, and it turned out there was another Michelle. It's like, there's Michelle's flying around everywhere. Uh, so, uh, what movie did we watch, Ben? We watched Ghoulies 2. Unfortunately, I liked Ghoulies <laughs> one a lot better. <laughs> I mean, it was fun, but you know. So we yeah. actually did a watch party with Nick. Uh, we watched Ghoulies, which was an absolute blast. And um, this one was not as fun. We, me and actually, me and Nick's actually watched this one together, and uh, yeah, it had its moments, but not nearly as fun as the first one, in my opinion. I was of the same sentiment. Yeah, all three of us are there, I guess. Um, which is which is weird because the first one didn't have a lot of ghoulies in it. 
right? It was more about this child or child, <laughs> this 40 year old man pretending to adult. be a teenager, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> who was, uh, uh, getting into contact with his dead wizard father and learning how to control his powers and conjuring up ghoulies was part of that. Um, but it's really very, very 80s and very silly and, and uh, kind of all over the place. But we had a great time watching that. Uh, and that that was another Empire picture. Everything kind of ties together here. Uh, so we have Charles Band involved again. Um, and so... After the success of that, which was largely due to the marketing campaign, which involved the water ghoulie popping out of a toilet, um, they decided, well, now we got to do another one, but this time let's make it more about the ghoulies. Um, so they completely, you know, almost completely abandoned that whole thing. Um, so who who wants to volunteer to give a, a plot synopsis just uh, at the very beginning here? You want me to try my hand at this? Nobody? I would like to see Nick do it. Okay, there's a carnival and a drunk old man. And there's a shady business prince who is going to put the carnival out of business if they don't start selling tickets. And then all our ghoulie friends show up as some kind... They use it as an attraction... But then the things kind of go overboard and they need to shut it down. It's what I remember. I don't know if that's even that close. <laughs> so when, <laughs> No, you're very close. When when did you watch it? Was it last night or today? It was last night, yeah. All right. So Ben watched it last night. Ben, how many days did it take you to watch the movie this time? Um... Well, I didn't. I only watched it the once with you, so actually, just okay. one day. Just one day this time. <laughs> All right, that's an improvement. Um, yeah, there's not not a whole lot to remember. I was I haven't seen this movie since it came out in the early '90s or whenever this came out. This was like late, 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 late '80s, I believe. Um, and I hadn't seen it since. I remembered it being kind of crazy, but uh, compared to the first one, now. It just, it was not, there's not a whole lot to talk about. But when we talk about the old drunken man, we're of course mm-hmm. talking about Royal Dono, um, who has been, as Ben said last night, in everything. Uh, he's He's been around um, uh, forever. But the main thing most people are of our esteemed film watching caliber would know him as is uh, the old man from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Hell yeah. Oh, boo. Uh, I, Is he related I to Paul Dano? I was wondering that, and I never got around to looking it up. Is anybody quick with the fingers over there? I looked it up, <laughs> and <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I will say yes. I don't know that I'm going to use the keyboard. <laughs> no clickety clacking. It's like... <laughs> um. I looked it up, and actually, there was no connection to Paul Dano that I could find. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, it kind of it kind of picks up. Uh, it doesn't pick up from the end of the first one, because remember, at the end of the first one, uh, the the survivors of this night are driving away, and the ghoulies pop up in the back seat, and it's like, oh, hey, shenanigans will continue. Hooray! 
Um, in this one, it starts off with some kind of cult. I don't know if they're related to whoever the uh, the dad from the first one was involved with, but some dude's got the ghoulies in a bag, running from the cult. He's going to put them in a vat of extremely toxic waste or something. I can't remember what it was labeled. Extremely toxic. <laughs> And ghoulies get all pissed off. Um, luckily, he had missed the flying one, so it came in and it and it fucked shit up. And the ghoulies escape in the truck that is transporting Satan's den, which is the spook house for the carnival. Um, and yeah, they they uh, they set up the carnival. the The royal prince of of the carnival circuit shows up, as Nick said. Oh man! Uh, you can tell he's a bad guy because he's got the feathered hair, uh, and he he drives the fancy car and he talks to everybody like a shithead. Um, uh, we've got him, yeah, threatening to shut them down, and um, uh, let's see here. Ooh, well, I do have notes. I'm sure everybody else has a notes and whatnot. One thing I will say about this, so yeah. The ghoulies end up hiding out in Satan's den. All of a sudden, it becomes profitable because nobody's ever been to a a fucking goddamn carnival haunted house before, uh, and they start selling tickets. And the ghoulies are basically just hiding out there, occasionally killing a person. Um, and and that, I don't understand what everybody's excited about. The ghoulies don't do much. They just pop out from behind something and. And everybody thinks it's the craziest, uh, awesomest thing they've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> the puppets in this one, <laughs> which, which again are are going to be uh, these are Beekler designs, obviously. You always tell Beekler designs, mostly in the face. Um, the the puppets in this one, I think, were a little bit more detailed. They did look a little bit like they had more a little bit more money and time to put into it, right? Yeah, I was impressed, especially the stop motion. The stop motion was super cool. I'm always a huge fan of any stop motion, so. And I will say yeah, that they did. I was happy to see that it was basically the same ghoulies. There was a couple new ones that we hadn't seen. Like, there was the three main ones, the little, like, bald green one. There was the rat face dude and the one with the the motorized eyes that were, like, the primary trio in the previous film so i was glad to see them all come back yeah i have i hear the according to wikipedia the official titles for these ghoulies are fish ghoulie cat ghoulie rat ghoulie <laughs> flying ghoulie uh that's our those are our main guys uh, flying ghoulie doesn't really do much until like it's called for. Like the ghoulies get, need something to rescue them. He just flies in and they like airs people. Yes, exactly. And then of course they list two other ones, which were not in the first one. They get real creative here: toad ghoulie and mm -hmm. giant ghoulie. And that's all of our ghoulies. I guess that's in this still one. not that many ghoulies, though. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I will I say remember... also. Uh, I was happy that they spent time with the rat ghoulie, who was my favorite in the previous one, because he just looked like old and shitty. But in this one, like he <laughs> he hit the weights in the off season, man. He came back and his back and shoulders 
he was he was swole, man. So I was just calling him like rat face. But then I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, like this is more like a little rat Hulk here. And they did a they did a decent job with, uh, I guess it's Cat Ghoulie, the one with the eyes. But I felt like his eyes were less expressive in this one. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, there, what is uh, what's the one? What's the biggest one? Is that the? Would that be the toad ghoulie? The biggest of the little ones. Yeah. Yeah, the like the kind of job of the hut looking one. I would imagine yeah, I, that's toad ghoulie. I was really surprised when they showed it like full on because it didn't even look like it had legs. It looked like it had almost had a caterpillar body or something. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the same one. That one doesn't get really a lot of screen time. Um, so they start, uh, they start, I don't know. Uh, whoa, something just happened here. You know what they were, you guys remember what they were going to uh, replace the spook house with if it didn't make any money? Mud wrestling, right? Like a mud wrestling, <laughs> like a pro mud wrestling pit? Yeah, female mud wrestling my friend female mud wrestling yeah is there male mud wrestling (laughs) i would assume so oh yeah i I would imagine it's been done before (laughs) somewhere Uh, (laughs) it should take turns Um, (laughs) but i i i don't know it seems evil to me i i i mean i would i i like watching ladies roll around with each other but Give me a classic carnival spook house any time of the day for me. That's what I'm voting for. What do you vote for? I mean, it seems like they could I have mean, just folded in mud wrestling into the carnival. They didn't have to, like, shut it down in order to make that work. Yeah. Put it in a tent. Do both. Why not both? Right. Right. Well, I think it's like that classic, you know, trope like Goonies. Where it's like, well, if you guys don't raise the money, we're going to have to... Tear all your houses down, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. gotta save the uh, rec center. That's kind of what it feels there. Save the youth center. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We need some motivation here. <laughs> right. Um, that was actually one thing. That was actually one thing I kept saying last night. It's like there, there, there's like no reason that the ghoulies are doing all this stuff in this movie. It's just like they're up to like shenanigans and like zany, you know, fucking. Uh, wacky stuff that they're doing but like what was their motivation for any of it oh they're, um, they're creatures that's, that's not various... a great answer but that's all i got man <laughs> that's a very astute observation nick wow <laughs> look man oh. i don't know what kind of lives just little small creatures have <laughs> So I well like I was saying it's like sometimes it makes sense like if you threaten them or because they can understand English and shit too but if you threaten them then they're gonna kill you but there were some people that they killed for no reason like the first lady that's uh, comes into the carnival when they first arrive she's looking she's just looking for a cat right and then they end up I don't remember what they did with her did they turn her into a mummy. They something? pulled her into that like uh, open tomb thing, the mummy tomb. Okay, remember the guy, the, the bully was not. in there making the 
the ghoulie was in there making the cat noises, and then he had like the the like barber's <laughs> knife kind of thing. Yeah, he whips out a straight mm. razor. I'm like, where the hell did he get yes. that from? <laughs> See, they, yes. who knows what they're doing? <laughs> uh, so, did the did the two of you feel like the ghoulies was made because of the gremlins' success? Well. I mean, look, when we were first watching the original, like I said, it had been in in uh, like pre-production and stuff well before Gremlins uh, was. The two productions actually discovered that they were going to be coming out about the same time at the same time. Uh, they both kind of heard about each other. <clears throat> and of course, well, it was Warner Brothers, I believe, right, for, for Gremlins. Uh, so of course they decided, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and sue these guys for ripping us off, even though they had no idea we existed. But that that got uh, taken care of off to the side. So no, it wasn't directly, but they did add more ghoulies to it. I think once they figured that out, I'm not sure, but they definitely ran with it for the second one. They definitely went, okay, we did our one. People liked it. They liked the toilet monsters. Uh, Gremlins was a hit. Let's go ahead and crank out a sequel, and this time we'll make it more like Gremlins. Uh, now that we know what what that's about, right? Okay, I have killed the room. All right. I don't know. Ben Ben asked the question. I was waiting for him to have a response to your answer. <laughs> Is that how it works? I don't know. I'm new here. It's my first day. So. So what's what's funny is that Gremlins 2 felt the Gremlins in 2 felt more like the Ghoulies in Ghoulies 2 if that makes any sense like in the first one it was like more like reserved and laid back but in the second one you know they were just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and you know similar in to like the Ghoulies in Ghoulies 2 how they were just like causing chaos basically well is it like sort of the the minions phenomenon where these were like these side characters in a different film and then their popularity spilled over into like its own franchise basically and they became arguably more recognizable more famous than the movie that they came from but also I think like Child's Play and Leprechaun, both movies with like little creatures followed that same mold with their sequels where it's just we're taking the little thing that is sort of the novelty that people like and we're just going to apply that to different stories rather than following the characters from the first story, the human characters from the first story and like seeing their through line across sequels. Cause this, why I turned it on, I'm like, this is a completely different movie. Where the hell is the young wizard? From the last one. I want to see what happens after those ghoulies pop up in his nice Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish that they would have, you know, kept the same storyline going. Honestly, I think it was a better it was a better movie. So, it yeah, was. I don't I, I think like you said, I think they just were going off like it became a trend kind of thing. Now, I believe that character does show up um it's he doesn't show up in ghoulies go to college i don't think which is the one that comes after this one uh, i think he comes back in the fourth one somehow uh and ties into hmm. that one i'm not sure i've never seen that one that's the one where they don't even really do it like ghoulies like the puppets they put 
little people in costumes and have them run around with masks on. And I have uh, <laughs> no interest. Because after this one, this is right around the time when uh, Charlie Band and uh, Empire Pictures were going through some financial troubles. Uh, so Charlie just decided he was going to sell off the Ghoulies property. So this is the last one that uh, Empire was actually behind. John Carl Beekler went on to direct Ghoulies Go to College, though, so good for him. I think he got to uh, actually continue <laughs> the <laughs> the franchise. Uh, so uh, I think it's weird that the um, uh, 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 Royal Dano, or Dano? 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 Donato? Tomato? Nobody knows how to pronounce his name. Dano. Okay. Dano, Is it Dano? Probably, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, like he, the ghoulies appear to him and he thinks that he, he said an incantation. I don't remember him saying an incantation in any way at all. He, he picked up a little book and he was reading from it, but there was a noticeable lack of suplexes in, <laughs> in the written instructions. So I was surprised that it worked at all. And I was waiting for it. I'm like, one of these words coming out of his mouth is going to be suplexed. But there were zero suplexes. But then I'm like, this old guy who is like barely an actual magician really believes that he just summoned otherworldly creatures with some book that he found on the ground. Like, that's what they want to hang their hat on is that this guy believes it. When clearly later, like he's in shambles, he's a drunk, like. This guy doesn't even strike me as a guy who could do a regular card trick. And then I think there's a scene where he tries to do a magic trick and ends up pulling a ghoulie out of his hat instead of a rabbit. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that, where was, did, that was pretty good. Where did the book come from, by the way? I don't even remember that. Didn't, it didn't come from the ghoulies, right? Uh, maybe it... the priest dropped it somewhere at the carnival because he was just there one night. and I don't know. Man, I have a feeling that uh, they had to cut some scenes out in order to fit the budget <laughs> and, the, and the time constraints. Uh, hey, they um, got it down to 90 minutes, though. That's my kind of movie. Oh, shit. Get in, get out. Absolutely. I Remember think one, nothing? One... It's perfect. <laughs> you can always go back and watch it a second time. It would be like watching it for the first time. Yeah, true. I think one of one of our Ben and I's favorite parts, uh, and uh, maybe, maybe you'll you'll maybe you, I hope you enjoyed it as as much as we did. Shit Snake um, was uh, the 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 young uh, angry bully guy who is going into Satan's den, but he's got his his boombox with him, right? He's got his tune plastic. The tunes, yes. <laughs> now I don't, I don't go anywhere without my tunes, uh, and they let him, he, he doesn't even buy a ticket. He just goes, "No, I ain't turning my fucking radio off," and then walks in, and nobody does anything. Um, but yeah, so he goes in there, and I think the ghoulies they knock his radio. They decide to party inside Satan's den while it's open, mm-hmm. like um. And uh, I think his his radio gets gets knocked off, and oh, he goes, oh my tunes! Um, mm-hmm. And then later on in the movie, after he's been killed, when good for them because they were assholes, go ghoulies go! 
Uh, then his friend comes in to look for him, like uh, the next day or, or something later that night. And he walks in and he sees the radio on the ground. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, the tunes! <laughs> Well, it was that same guy, and it's like, I don't know exactly what the hierarchy or, like, the ranking structure is for, like, a group of bullies, but we had, like, the prime bully who had the boombox, and then I guess it's, like, the equivalent of a henchman who is his little guy that pops out and defends him is that he doesn't go anywhere without his tunes. That same guy gives the carnival worker (laughs) the ticket, so I guess, like, he's the one paying for everything, but I also just was... In that moment, like, maybe I'm too young to understand this, but I cannot imagine walking around with a boombox wherever I go like it's a purse or some other kind of accessory. It just, it feels so foreign to me. Yeah, that might, that might, I don't know. I mean, I remember people doing that. Uh, I never did myself. I understand if you're going to a party. (laughs) For that time period, I don't really remember that, but it's 1990. I mean, I was a little late. Nick's to be would carried. probably be Nick's would probably be more uh, adept. He would have more info on that since he's an old man. Yeah, I would have at least been 38 years old in 1990. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a little I late. Mean, I was only 12, so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little late for them to be hauling around a boombox at, at that time period. Although, I guess it is a little shithole town. Things change a little slower. They hadn't caught up with us. Um, the guy that comes to look at the little um, his little lackey, I saw that dude's face and I'm like, oh my god, I know exactly who that is. I've seen this actor before, too. Um, I couldn't remember Royal Dano uh, for the life of me, except for Killer Clowns, but I saw this dude and I'm like, oh yeah. That's the dude, uh, he was in Friday 13th Part 7, which was directed by John Carl Beekler, who also did the effects here. Uh, He was also uh, in the Night of the Living Dead remake. I remember that. Um, He was in one other thing, and I'm trying to see if I can remember if I have it up here or not. Dude, I don't remember his name. Uh... Blah, 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 blah. Bloobity blah, I say. Um, all right, I While can't you're find looking it. that up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, one of my favorite scenes was when all the people were in there and the ghoulies start coming out and they're like, rats, 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 rats. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> but it's so cute because the ghoulies take a bow and then they high five one another. Me and Nick's lost it when they high five. It was that so was good, though. <laughs> the greatest thing in the movie, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's the well, moment where country... the movie like recognizes what it is and is like, if we're gonna invest in the people at home or the people in the audience watching these little characters, we need something like them taking a stage bow and then high fiving each other. Yeah, the no, it, was, it was it was great. Yeah, because I, I guess it kind of did kind of was playing it almost a little bit straight up until this 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 started to happen, and then I think it really started to embrace the silliness. Yeah, uh, go rats, go. Do you, do you have a favorite part, Nick? 
I mean, that was like sort of in my notes as like one of the things I loved the most. So I'll pivot to another one and say that when the Rat Hulk hotwires whatever machine he hotwires in order to uh, electrocute that old man, I would say that was probably my favorite because he gnaws through the wire and then he takes his little rat hands and, you know, twists the wires back together and then still finds a way to go and electrocute this guy. So, I mean, he's showing some ingenuity on that one. Yeah, that was definitely impressive. Now, wasn't that was that supposed to be like an, an electric chair or something? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what I started to scratch my head about is like they're at a carnival that is like a fake torture museum like these aren't real torture devices so it's not a real electric chair but he still hot wires it and then takes one of the wires and like puts it up this guy's pant leg and electrocutes him to death didn't, oh. didn't the uh didn't the old man when he was like uh drunk and depressed say something like i'm gonna pull the switch or something like that like as if it yes. was real yeah, oh, that, he yeah, said he was going to have a sit on the chair. And I'm like, well, th that wouldn't work. It should only be wired high enough to make, you know, like a a dummy bounce around or, or something like that. Plus the, the pit and the pendulum uh, display. You mm -hmm. wouldn't think that would be metal or sharp, but apparently, yeah, that's a real <laughs> functioning pendulum that they have that can cut bodies in, in, in two. Uh, not not making a lot of sharp. sense. Or else they saw well, that guy in half very slowly. That'd be that'd be better, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it would. But... <laughs> they don't have the budget to show us wasn't that. The, though. Wasn't the uh, wasn't the guillotine real too? Ah, yes, yes. They had to they had to rescue him at the end. All right, Ben, for fuck's sake, dude! If you're gonna move your fucking microphone around, you're gonna have to hit mute. <laughs> I'm sorry, it fell over. He's holding it out. Stop the fidgeting. <laughs> Say that to my face. <laughs> so who was who was the oh? So there was a part in the movie where uh, the like sidekick guy, the little guy was like climbing up a ladder, and I said, or he was like looking up from uh, at the ladder. And I said to Nix, I was like, doesn't he look like the guy from Hall and Oates? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be Sir Nigel. <laughs> played by yeah, uh it's played by the great Phil Fondacaro, who I was waiting Nick, for Fondacaro to yeah. pop up. Oh yeah, which Nick would remember from Troll. But um That's Yeah, nice. he uh um Oh my god, my brain just uh, my synapses misfired for a second there. Um, <laughs> Sir Nigel, yes. Mm -hmm. um, good lord, Ben, what did you just say? He's great. I I loved him in this movie. He was probably one of my favorite characters. He's he's arguably the only good actor in this movie. He's the mm, yeah the best. I would say. I like Royal Dano. The old, man, the old man was just yeah. The old man was was probably close second, but yeah, not much of a stretch um, for him. He pretty much he's played that character in so many things in bad horror films. So, so why is it that you think back in that time period there was a lot of roles for you know little people 
why do you think that that hasn't kind of carried over into like modern day? I feel like it's very rare that you see that now. The Willy Wonka remake fucked it up. <laughs> but they all have they only had one actor. Yeah, that's the, what I'm saying. All the all the other Oompa were out of work for that one. Dude's the CGI man. It's putting everybody out of work, man. So <laughs> I didn't even watch that remake. I had I had zero desire to see that, so Yeah, same, well, there's another one here. coming, so you can catch that one. Mm. You don't yeah, you don't want to see, we'll see Chalamet be Willy Wonka? Not really, honestly. I mean, I like Chalamet, but I I just, I feel like there was no reason to ever remake that movie. I mean, that's fair, but at this point, like, this is a second remake, so they're not going to (laughs) stop. Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately not. I do like, um, at one point, uh, the royal prince of carnivals, uh, who is here to shut down the things that don't make money, he's wanting to um to talk to this this uh i would say girl uh, but she's obviously like 38 years old or some you can see the wrinkles around her lips and, and mouth um she's yeah, an that, adult she's been real, she could have been really busy um but uh, yeah so he wants to speak with her privately and he's like, uh, oh yeah, Sir Nigel um, has has loaned us loaned us his trailer, and as soon as he said that, I'm like, well, how's he gonna get busy in there? If, if how big is the bed? Uh, and movie did not let me down. As soon as they got in there, <laughs> she's like, how you gonna fit get me in that bed, you big doofus? Because it's so tiny. I loved that little. That was a nice little addition. They didn't. They yeah, didn't forget I, all the that details. was very funny. <laughs> so uh did either of you have a favorite like kill in this movie Ooh, uh, i have mine if so if you're not sure i can go first yeah go uh, for it yeah, the, we'll see if we get it our wires the, crossed the toilet scene where i said to, <laughs> I said to nicks i said he's he looks like he's getting his ass eaten by the ghoulie, but then you realize that he's actually getting killed. But that was probably my favorite one, was the one on the toilet. He got his angst eaten. Is it big time? Is it uh is it because the guy deserved it, or was it just because kinda it, it was just funny? I mean that's the last thing. It's just I thought it was funny because Go ahead. I was gonna. That's the last one in the movie, right? The the toilet kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the final one. We gotta send. Yeah, you that's out on um, like a, a fun I, exclamation. Yeah, I don't remember any of the other ones. You know, the pit and the pendulum, uh, the elect electrocution scene, they the the straight razor at the beginning. Um, none of those. Nothing really stuck out to me i don't i don't think there was anything the one guy they were like the one guy they were practically pulling apart remember they had him and they would just kept cranking the thing and i wish that they would have i wish that they would have shown that but i'm guessing budget restraints probably didn't allow that so oh dude it's a charlie band joint there they don't have budget to hardly make the movie to begin with oh but (laughs) i guess i probably have to huh 
I said, go I'm, ahead. I go with I I go with the uh, the toilet kill as well. I guess it is the most memorable. I remember when we're watching, I was like, "We're gonna vote. Is there is there gonna be a toilet scene? Or they get they gotta show the the ghoulie popping out of the toilet at some point." And sure enough, they did. So they did not disappoint in in that one. What well, what was that, Nick? I was gonna ask if uh, not a human kill, but a ghoulie kill. Does that count? Hmm. Yeah. 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 So when when little Rat Hulk gets like his head slammed down into his shoulders with the mallet. Uh, <laughs> the mallet. Yeah. I, the mallet. Man, it did yeah, him that dirty. Was great. I was like, oh man, I was hoping he was going to make it to the end of this, but instead he gets like smushed real bad. And then you have the, the, the mallet game zing up to the top. Ding. So they, they, at least they sent him out with a bang. But yeah, then he gets eaten after that. I'm like, man, this poor guy. Yeah, that was so, actually one of the worst. That was one of the worst scenes in the movie was when that guy was punching the bag and then the ghoulie like gets in the bag and then like <laughs> flings himself at the guy as he's walking away. I was like, what? That was so stupid. That makes no sense. It wasn't the bag. He wasn't in the bag. He was in the uh, the boxing glove. But because oh, right. yeah. it, all of the, the, the size shit does not match up at all. It's like that glove would have to be huge for the ghoulie to fit in it. And indeed, it was huge. It was not not a normal size glove at that point. But yes, that was um, seeing the little legs scooting into the into the because uh, they could barely move. I mean, they're they're practically inanimate puppets. And so they move their mouths. So seeing the little legs wiggle around was pretty amusing. Uh, unless until they do the stop motion stuff. Again, I'm also really impressed when stop motion uh, shows up. I think the last movie Ben and I talked about um, the suckling that I think that one had a couple brief <laughs> stop motions and I lost my shit about it. I recorded myself talking to somebody and I'm all got a girly high pitched voice and shit because I'm so tickled to see stop motion. Uh, and that they actually pulled this off in this one. I wanted to look up, and I forgot to do this because uh, this is a shit show, and I'm never fucking prepared. Uh, I wanted to see who did the uh, stop motion. I'm gonna assume it was probably David Allen. Uh, David Allen normally does uh, the stop motion stuff for Charles Band pictures and stuff like that. He did a uh, uh, Robot Jocks. Uh, he did the uh, original Puppet Master films, I guess, for him too. Um, yeah. Um. So, uh, remember when the, um, so, I mean, again, there's no plot to follow here. Like we can't, (laughs) it's hard to keep going. And then this happens. And then this happens because it's just ghoulies show up. People go to the fucking, uh, to the carnival and to the spook show and the ghoulies kill people, uh, until the big climax. But at one point they do, they kill Royal Dano. Um, and as the kid goes to, cover his face he pulls a scarf that's hanging out of his out of his uh, jacket sleeve and all I could think is because he's a magician I was like oh please let it be a never ending fucking scarf that keeps changing colors and they didn't do it man I was so disappointed it would have been a great joke yeah same I was really hopeful <laughs> and then they just kind of leave him there with like his sleeve up to his chin with a, the rag hanging out <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, 
Ah. I was gonna say I'm surprised another, this movie another made it scene to an hour and a half. Yeah, there wasn't. I mean, I don't feel like there was a lot of filler. I mean, for the most part, it was ghoulies all the time. So yeah, that's true. I guess it felt like a filler, like TV episode. Like if Ghoulies was a series, this would just be like, hey, they're at the carnival in this episode, kind of thing. Yeah, I did. I did really enjoy um, when the ghoulies were uh at the shooting the carnival game and they were like walking along like the ducks and then one the one thing is trying to shoot them i thought that was hysterical the the way that was shot though i thought at first it only looked like there was one ghoulie in the back behind the ducks and then they cut to another shot and i'm like did they just switch the puppets on accident but no there were supposed to be two of them there the whole time uh, I guess they didn't have the, you know, they didn't have time that day to get full coverage and, and show both of them, or I guess they ran out of puppeteers and they could only puppet one at a time. <laughs> I'm being so mean to, uh, to, so, to this movie. <laughs> so Nick, how did you, how did you end up watching this? Cause there's, we found it two places and it was different, seemed to be different lengths. Mm-hmm. So where did you end up watching this? I ended up going with Amazon? No. Yes? I think Amazon. Yeah, it's on there. Yeah. If, if they, unless you were going to watch it on Tubi with commercials um, or pay for it to rent it somewhere. Those are your two choices. No, I'm pretty sure I, I went with Amazon. So I I think I, I sent that. I think the Amazon one was at a minute 30 maybe. Can't remember which might be close to. So what happened was when they released this in the U.S., they cut it. They cut out some of the some of the uh, violence to get a PG thirteen, um, and only in about I don't know five six years ago did that we finally get a unrated cut released. And I went and tracked down the unrated cut, and that was the one that that Shinobi and I watched. Uh, occasionally, it doesn't. It doesn't even look like they had remastered these 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 shots, because it would visibly get darker, and and the quality wouldn't be as good. But I don't remember adding a whole whole lot. So I don't. I don't think if you watch these anywhere else, you're really missing a whole bunch. I mean, what's the difference in the runtime? Like a minute. I, th- I th- maybe two to three minutes at the max. Uh, every snippet can change a film. No, the reason why I asked is because I was curious, Nick, if you picked up on the color changes. They there was like a considerable difference in like a snippet where it would actually look darker. And so I don't know if you noticed that or not when you watched it. I didn't, but I guess like I wasn't looking for that either. So it's possible that it was happening and my brain was just already scrambling because I'm like, this is not like Ghoulies 1. I'm asking a lot of questions. Did this kid just pull out a ninja star out of his back pocket? Uh, and then <laughs> and then he talks an entire carnival of adults into going into the haunted house because of a rat? I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that reminds me when they were screaming, rats, 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 like a bunch of nincompoops. All I could think was, well, well this is going to tie back to Rat Burgers! I wish. All right. 
<laughs> he actually said rat burgers and I said I was dying. I was like, oh man, that would have been so good. Unfortunately, that did not happen. I remember um, oh go so, for it. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I was go. gonna ask Nick. When did you and I know you've probably talked about this on other your your podcast, but since this is your first time here, um what is it that got you into you know, 80s, 90s horror, you know, kind of these like B type of movies where, you know, not big production and all that. That's a good question, because for the most part, like I don't it's not my wheelhouse. Like I didn't pick this movie. You guys picked it for me. So I'm sort of uh, <laughs> like I'm <laughs> I'm an open door here where people are shoving garbage in it. <laughs> but I've, I've had fun with it. I mean, most of my like formative horror experience was 70s stuff. So that's kind of like what what I grew up on. And then I got to a point where sort of like just slashers kind of like ran their course for me. And so I, I just gravitated away from that. And it seemed like that was what a lot of the 80s were more or less. I mean, I like Nightmare on Elm Street and sort of the ideology behind that. And, you know, those got cheaper as they went along. But I think if I had to answer, it would be Leprechaun would be the closest thing. Like Leprechaun's like bad but also it's great so it's one of those ideas where it's like this is so stupid but we're gonna play it serious and hope that it works and then you know it gets progressively crazier where he goes to the hood he goes to outer space uh but yeah leprechaun is probably like that kind of movie for me so did you grow up watching like Friday the 13th and Halloween series? Like, did you watch those? I mean, or? I watched them, but that's not like what I grew up with. I grew up with like Carrie and the Bad Seed and the Omen and stuff like that. Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Right. More of the like uh, serious horror kind of. Yeah. And then I mean like The Exorcist too. So then like once it got to like slashers it's like i'm not really in it for like the creativity of the kills or anything although like when i sort of started to gain a bigger appreciation for uh like practical effects use and application uh the movies that do that really well like it pays off a lot and i think we've started to see that more now and i think one of probably the best things to come out of sort of switching to 4k resolution is that you can't really get away with bad cgi anymore it does. It doesn't hide well, and so having good practical effects, good makeup design, like at the ground level of your film, actually goes a really long way. And I think it's probably Stranger Things one that I was watching because Netflix has a lot of 4K stuff. And in the background, like they did all of the set building there, where it's like the wall is glistening and shining. And I was like, hey, they did a really surprisingly good job with a lot of that stuff, and they didn't cheap out and go the easy route and do practical or excuse me they didn't like green screen it and do special effects for that yeah so like an example for me recently was the terrifier series mm. which i don't know if either of you have seen it um did either of you see it i haven't i i almost <laughs> went to the theaters when two came out and i was there a day that it was out but i was like yeah i'll wait until i see the first one and then like i just i dropped the ball on that so i haven't seen either of them yet but i did pick up that barf bag that's somewhere around here that's the terrifier two barf bag <laughs> oh i was gonna ship it awesome. yeah, i was gonna ship I... it to ryan in canada but i think he was just like eh, like i don't want to deal with customs 
Well, I will happily Venmo you the shipping money I'll, if you I'll are willing to get rid of it. Um. So, anyways, my point was. Well, I uh, didn't get to answer I, the fucking and... question, now did I? <laughs> <laughs> so me and me and me and T Bob over here are both huge practical effects fans. I loathe CGI, especially when it comes to horror, because. For me, the the impressive thing is making it look as real as possible. And with CGI, it just for it, it it's very very rarely that it looks well done. Huh? And Terrifier, the Terrifier series, it's probably the best modern practical effects that I think you'll see in any horror. Like it's it's really really impressive i mean some of the stuff he does is like mind-blowing there may or may not so. be a spider crawling up the wall behind your head <laughs> well thank god it's not me uh, that's okay i'd set the place okay. on I don't fire know, spi- yeah i don't know if you have arachnophobia <laughs> spi- or anything but no well spiders are friendly okay. i like to, i try not to kill them unless okay. i have to well, I Thank just you, say, Ben, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you a lot about CGI and horror. Um, CGI blood never, ever looks real to me. I, I could spot that shit a mile away. Um, and um, a lot of times when they when they do stuff like that, it doesn't have the proper weight to it. Like, it, it doesn't move or land or anything like a real solid object would. And that's where I think, you know, physical effects come in, also give the character something to react to. But I think there should just be a balance between start with physical, right? And do your practical effects and then just use CGI to touch them up a little bit, right? To cover Mm -hmm. the seams, Nick. Um, (laughs) Yeah, watch out for uh, the seams. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I think they they it'd be great if if uh, the studios would find that balance, uh, but instead they they're just more likely to just say throw money at it. It's a lot easier. We don't have to fuck with it. Um, yeah. By the way, no, Ben, I have not seen the Terrifier movies. Thank you for waiting for my answer to the question you asked ten minutes ago, my good friend. Uh, <laughs> Eight and a half minutes ago. All right, so Nick's got the fucking timer going. We're good. Uh, <laughs> There's a timer built into the display. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm just staring at you guys' beautiful faces, that's all. I mean, same, but I can see it over there in the <laughs> corner, and I'm jealous because when I record, I don't have a timer, so I have to like, re-listen to every episode to get to the points where I need to cut it. So, like, it's really long editing days on Friday and uh, i've got another long one tomorrow but on the on the practical effects thing um i wasn't gonna say anything but because it popped up on my timeline like several times today evil dead 2013 while it finishes with like a fantastic shot that's done practically so many of the other things in that movie are done with cgi that sort of like do it a disservice and especially in that series when everything prior had been done all with practical effects it's not like it couldn't be done so when i rewatched it trying to give it a second chance and like hopefully like it better than i did the first time all i did was see all the things i didn't like about it the first time even more so 
did I did, I actually really liked that movie and for some reason I saw it in theaters the day it came out and I I actually didn't have a big issue with the um with the special effects on that but I also haven't watched it since so and I haven't watched it at home, so I, maybe I would pick up on some of that stuff more. It could be something that like sure. didn't age well, but like I, I saw it uh, at like a two dollar theater, sort of like after it was doing its initial theatrical run, and like I was laughing my ass off. I was like, this movie just is not working for me, like in any way. I'm like, okay, like she's got the scene where she like licks the blade and cuts her tongue, but again, it's all digital, so like. Does it look cool? Like, yes, but again, eh, like, kind of hit or miss for me, and I don't know. I, tr- I tried to give it a second chance because I know a lot of people liked it. A lot of people think this, that like that's their favorite Evil Dead of the series, and I don't know. For me, it, it didn't it, it didn't I work. I mean, that's that's blasphemous, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's taking a little bit too far. I don't I don't remember spotting any of the CGI stuff when I first saw it in the in the theater. Um, maybe because the movie was working for me. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, I was, I was just like, yeah, this is pretty fucking intense. This is really throwing me back to like seeing the original on VHS when I was <laughs> 12 years old or, or whatever. Uh, it kind of threw me back to, to that. Um, but I'll have to go watch it again and see if I spot what you're talking about, Nick, cause now you got, got me interested. Well, we're not here to like really talk about that movie. I'm just like, it's. I felt. Did we it, ever? It, it, we never talk about the right thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I've gone on like hour long tangents on my show too about other things. But what I will say is that as a, a modern remake of a classic, which is not something that's uncommon, it's stuck between wanting to like stay tethered to the original for the sake of like hey we're making a remake so we're gonna set it at the cabin we're gonna do the car we're gonna put some of the easter eggs in there we're gonna have it like be physically linked to that but then it seems to like miss the charm elements that are part of that because it's linked to that but then it can't be its own individual thing because it's trying to thread this very fine needle in order to sort of like get where it needs to go and i don't know it's not the only movie that's had that issue but for me like as not like a diehard horror fan like i like horror films i watch a bunch of them but i'm not like oh my god it's a horror film therefore i just like it kind of thing fair well i mean i I, i'm a big horror fan but i don't think that i've ever liked a movie just because it was horror i think that's that's a very strange uh <laughs> that's I mean that's I guess you know I mean there are fanboys and fangirls and whatever and you know every movie that comes out they love by a certain director but I uh, that's I don't uh I I try and judge things based solely on that that piece of work and not as a whole or actor or director or whatever yeah, I mean, you know I was just so. talking to Seth about this the other day and that like that same sort of like preference right like this is your genre of 
preference. For me, that's sci-fi, so I have a little bit more leniency with sci-fi films in, in a way that I imagine that people do with horror films, where, you know, a lot of the new Halloween movies are very divisive of whether it's good, whether it's bad. Some people think it's great, some people it's not. Like, with the Evil Dead movie, it's rated pretty lowly, so I feel that I'm sort of, like, in the majority camp that didn't really care for it, but there's a lot of people out there that love it and that think it's the best Evil Dead movie, so it's like, it's, it's a weird balance. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with anything, you know, some of that comes with I don't want to say maturity, but just experience, you know, like I've probably in my lifetime watched 7, 8,000 movies at at the, you know, conservatively and, you know, when you have a history to back things up, you look at things in a different light. So like if all you if all you know is modern horror, sure, it's probably your favorite Evil Dead. But like growing up watching Evil Dead, you know, I'm sure Nick's as well. Um, you know, you're you're judging it based on the original stuff, and so yeah, like you had mentioned, I, I they tried to like connect it, but also also like the charm of that you know, like the goofiness almost of the originals, they just, they, they missed the boat on that. As, as, yeah, they tried opinion. to play it serious, uh, which is like misunderstanding sort of what the original concept is. I get wanting to do your own thing and sort of like move away from that, but then if that's the case, why set it at the cabin and do it the way that you did it anyway? Oh, uh, wait a minute. Are, are you guys trying Next. to tell me that you think the first one was meant to have a bunch of humor in it? Uh, no, I mean, it's a horror movie. It's, it's unintentionally funny, but nonetheless. Yeah, no, it's sure. Yeah, I didn't know. That one was meant to be very straightforward. And if you ever, if you ever get to interview Bruce Campbell and you say that shit, Ben, he's gonna, he's gonna snark the hell out of you. Cause, uh, yeah, he does not <laughs> take kindly when people <laughs> kind of say that the first one was supposed to be funny. Uh, second one, definitely, but not the first one. Well, um, he likes 2013 also, so. <laughs> what was that? I said, well, he likes the 2013 one also, so that's, you know, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the new one, uh, Evil Dead Rises or whatever, Rise or whatever it is, but. I had a good time. It's definitely it. on my short, it's on my short list. It was fun. It was a lot. It was, I hadn't been to the theater in, I don't know, two, three years or something like that, and. I was like, I'm definitely going to the theater for a new Evil Dead, um, and just really had a really, really good time with it. A lot, it was very creative. Um, yeah, some of the there was a bunch of digital effects in there too, but a lot, of, a lot of practical work. It looked like as well. It was a lot of fun. If you like, if you like the original trilogy and you like the remake, and think you'll definitely like this one. It has a bit more, a bit more humor in in it. So I, it's it's basically the Evil Dead two of the new Evil Dead flicks kind of thing. Nice. Tons That's of throwbacks cool. and stuff too, man. Just lots of references. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna bring us back to Ghoulies so we can at least get to the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say we've got so much to talk about this movie. Um, <laughs> at one point, so uh, that lady again, the nearly forty year old woman pretending to be a twenty year old something. Uh, turns out she used to do a, a high wire act. 
at some some circus or something like that, and that's why mm-hmm. uh, the the clown prince of carnivals wanted wanted to talk to her privately. Uh, at one point, she's telling the story about what happened. Uh, I think she did this uh, this this act with her brother, like her family or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, she says her brother fell off the high wire and missed the net. Mm-hmm. How the fuck? Do you miss the net? It's right underneath the goddamn wire. That's why it's there. Did he jump? I mean, it's yeah, just that. Read between that the lines. He said jump. <laughs> he couldn't, couldn't stand. He's like, you're not my sister. You're too old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she watched her brother die. Maybe uh, it aged her. Stress will do it. Um, at one point, Sir Nigel, which again, that's the great Phil Fondacaro, um, he's hiding from the ghoulies, uh, and, um, our hero, I, I never remember anybody, any, any, any characters' names or anything like that, so our, our, our main wimpy hero is looking for him in the, uh, carnival, or in the, uh, the, uh, spook house, um, because it's really the only interior set I guess they could afford to build. Um, and they're, see, there I go again, fucking ripping on it for being a little budget. <laughs> uh, but he's he's looking, and he hears humming. It almost sounds like a woman humming or something like that. It turns out uh, Nigel uh, is hiding in this trunk uh, and just humming to himself while he's trying not to get murdered by the ghoulies. And that didn't make any goddamn sense either. Um, but I was hoping he was hiding under the massive collection of, uh, what was it? Snail shells <laughs> that, that was in there. Snail shells, snail shells. Yeah. Snail shells. Yes. Yeah, yeah, one of the, one of the ghoulies, one of the ghoulies came up out of this snail shell. So we were like, what are they doing with all of those snail shells? <laughs> Maybe he's eating the snails. Magic trick. <laughs> it was, uh. How was the magic box, man? I don't know. Um, I, I was really hoping that we'd find him underneath there. Uh, so we got to our toilet scene, and then I think the 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 main reason that I remembered this movie, and it is kind of an impressive ending. Uh, at the very end, they're trying to figure out how do we stop the ghoulies? What are we gonna do? So they're like fight ghoulie with ghoulie, and they they conjure up a giant one. Um, and when it comes up. It's a really impressive, like, it's a full-on guy, man in suit. Uh, and it looked really, really impressive. And it's stomping around, and it's grabbing the ghoulies and, and shoving them in its mouth and eating them. And uh, I thought that was a pretty cool way to to end it. I, and I thought the effects work on, on for pu- trying to pull that off was, was really well done. You guys? Anybody? Anybody remember that part? Go ahead, like Nick. the climax I'm, I'm of the movie. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, again, it was it was very impressive. I, I was I was very impressed with the you know again the low budget that they were able to come up with something like that. Um, do you, one of the one of the funny scenes about that was when he says we have to draw a pentagram and she goes, "What's a pentagram?" <laughs> and I was like. Who doesn't know what a pentagram is? Good Christian ladies, I guess. 
Salt uh, no, of the actually, earth. I would say the opposite. I would say the opposite. I would say most good Christian ladies are very aware of what a pentagram is. <laughs> they cause the entire uh, satanic panic. <laughs> Nick, what, I mean, is, what you, did you think? Did it, you and did I both work? like, yeah, we both have an affinity for guys in suits. Uh, monster suits, at least, not just regular suits. I mean, nothing against a guy in a regular suit, but <laughs> uh, like I, I was, I guess, a little confused as to why the big ghoulie would like just want to eat the little ones instead of just like eating the people and teaming up with his his ghoulie brethren. But you know, he he shoves them down his mouth, and so they have to do a lot of editing to sort of make that work. And for the most part, it does like you could tell like what's happening and you can tell that this thing doesn't have like a real mouth and they'll cut to one scene where it's like, it's all black inside. And then it's like, Oh, he's got a tongue like in the next little edit right there. But for the most part, I, I liked the ending. I'll say, um, I, I would have preferred a different ghoulie design. Cause he just looks like the dad of the other one that like eats the dude's ass at the end of the movie. So I, I, like, if you're going to go through, like, giving me a big monster ghoulie, like, make it something I haven't seen at this point. Like, if, like, the Predator pops out there and starts killing ghoulies, okay, then, like, now we're on to something. But it just it, it seemed weird that it was, like, ghoulie on ghoulie crime for no reason. Like, did they really, like, have control <laughs> over him? Because then they have to vanquish the monster that they summoned as well. So, like, I, I just don't understand why he tried to kill the ghoulies. I imagine it had something to do with the actual incantation itself that would cause it to, you know, have its marching orders. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree. It's just, it's just a, 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 a recreation of the toilet ghoulie, our yeah. favorite. No, not our favorite. But um, maybe it was just easier to try to cast that suit using the previous smaller puppet so they didn't yeah. have to sculpt a whole, a whole new one. It's, yep, there I go again, ripping on it for having a bad, a low budget. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree. I it would have been cool to see like a brand new ghoulie, but I, I guess if they were gonna pick a ghoulie, that would be the one I, I, I do like the toilet ghoulies the best. So it's the most, it's the most recognizable. It's on all the covers. Um, because again. The marketing for this was so the original one, the original um, marketing tagline was, "They'll get you in the end." Um, you know, over <laughs> the 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 shot of the the ghoulie coming out of the toilet. Ha ha, that's funny. Uh, and so on this one, they show him coming out of the toilet again, and this time the tagline was, "Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the bathroom." Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, when the when the giant 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 water ghoulie showed up, uh, I had to be a smartass and shout out, "We're gonna need a bigger toilet." Hey, um, I love Jaws. I just got my Jaws print from Todd Spence today. Sweet. Oh, very nice. Yeah, thanks. Didn't Todd. they rip off the? Did this give shout outs? Um, that that was the last episode, Nick. You should have been here. We got gave everybody shout outs, including you. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ben and Nick didn't at one point didn't they try to rip off the Jaws theme? 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I heard some notes of something where I'm like, hey, that sounds a little familiar. Uh, but I don't remember at what stage it happened. Yeah, uh, it all gets a bit fuzzy because, yeah, it's all pretty mediocre, I guess. It's just not as... There... I still remember scenes and stuff coming from from the very first film, which we watched two weeks ago, I think, was was when we watched a week ago, something like that. And you guys know my memory is shit, but I, I still remember a, a bunch of details about that. And But this one, immediately, 24 hours later, later it's just it's all kind of fading in, into the nether. I, I mean, I think that says a lot about Ghoulies 1, though, and that, like, even though it deals with some of the similar, like, low-budget restraints, that it has more character, not, like, necessarily the characters in the film, which it has more of that, too, but it has just, like, more personality, more style, like, more everything than Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2 seems like they got a, you know, a check and an opportunity to make a second one and sort of pivoted away from what the first one does well because in the first one like whether the ghoulies are there or not like there is this story about the this guy inheriting not just the mansion but like the the powers and the mantle of this like evil wizardry from his father so there is a a through line that doesn't even necessarily involve the ghoulies in this it's kind of the opposite of that where it's like it's ghoulies or bust in ghoulies too but if you like the ghoulies, which yeah. we do, they're the best part of the second one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had its points. It had fun points. And uh, I mean, the ghoulies, you know, outside of Sir Nigel were probably, you know, that was it was serviceable. I don't know that I would watch it again, but. I will say that the, <laughs> the like, the final pyrotechnic scene, I mean... They didn't cheap out on that, though. They spent their money on the pyro budget and blew up the big, giant water ghoulie. I don't even yeah, remember that. Yeah, that actually was pretty... <laughs> that was pretty impressive. There's a giant explosion, well, so like, what? That was... <laughs> <laughs> Nix goes to see Oppenheimer, and he's like, wait, what is this about? <laughs> this is a bomb? There's a lot of talking. I don't remember the explosion. I mean, in fairness, the Oppenheimer explosion is a little underwhelming. I haven't seen it yet. I thought yet, you drove so like out of state to watch it. So I bought tickets twice <laughs> and twice missed it. So oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it. I thought you had seen it. <laughs> no, no. I uh, So the first time, what happened the first time? First time I think I got sick or something, and then the second time I just didn't wake up on time. I woke up and I looked at the clock and I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm going yep, back." No to use bed. in getting out of bed now. <laughs> so, um, no, Nix, remember when the explosion happened? That was one of the scenes where the color changed. We we rewound mm. it to watch it again. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because okay. there's like a snap so. zoom out. <laughs> where it's like close up, mid range, long distance. Now let's blow it up. So it's like yeah. it's all happening really yeah, quick. It was... <laughs> oh yeah, because it it switches from man in suit to like a stiff model, and you can absolutely tell the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. It's like Robocop. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so if they if they were to okay, we know they did. We know that they continued this story. 
Um, where where would you want it to go after this? I have a, a feeling I know what Nick would would want to happen. Uh, I'm curious what what you both if they continued and let's say they 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 had a, a bit of a a better budget on on the next one. What would you want? Are you asking me or Ben? Both of you, anybody, please jump in. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Well, I want to know what you think I, mean, I would think. I think you would want to return back to the uh, the the wizarding world of whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah! Give me give me his feathered hair and his fiance and his green googly eyes. <laughs> that are always cross-eyed and shit. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm really disappointed that they didn't use uh, suplex yes, in this I would want to see a ghoulies mm. where they invade like a regional wrestling circuit and then we get to see some real <laughs> suplexes and honestly like that's not that far out of the realm of what could be done with the ghoulies you know eh? I could just picture a ghoulie in a singlet <laughs> <laughs> there's your tattoo <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm going to do it. I like it. So, um, question then. Uh, oh, okay, not a question. I'll, oh, cool. Well, I guess it's a question. Oh, so well, nobody will ever this know. Conversation, <laughs> I was having this question with Nick the other day, and he kind of called me out on it, but I still stand by it. So, I feel like when a series or a franchise has gone on too long, they typically have a, a, a movie or a TV episode where something is so outlandish that it like jumps, you know, jumps the shark mm -hmm. or whatever. And I, I made the example of like going to space. So I was like, oh, you know, uh, Friday the 13th, Jason X or Fast and the Furious or and then he goes, or what else? And I was <laughs> like, uh, I can't think of anything. But Leprechaun, Leprechaun yeah. went he into did. space. But. So, I mean, like, I don't feel like it's that outlandish to say that, like, some of these franchises just hold on. Well, also, Hellraiser went to space. Godzilla's been to space, yes. and space has come to Godzilla. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, anyways, do, I mean, do you feel like that's something that they do just to, like, keep the franchise going? Where they'll just, like, well, the next thing has to be space or some outlandish you know, space or bust i mean plot. shit we're, we're back in we're back in the space race of the 60s every horror movie trying well, to yeah. get their characters into space it just seems like they don't have anything to do when they get into space other than like they're on a ship and it's sort of like it, it creates like an uh, environment of um like isolation fear so it's it's taking like mm. sort of a, a general horror principle of like isolation is scary, uh, not having like not being able to leave is something that keeps you in the horror movie. So I understand like why you said it there, because it definitely like sort of puts a box around the idea. But it's it's difficult to use that well when you're approaching it from, I think, methodology of a horror film. Uh because like Alien did it so well, but for the most part, like Alien doesn't really like constantly remind you that they're in space. You know, it's like you know they're in space. It plays a role in the final scene. It's sort of like I said, puts a box around the idea so they can't leave and they have to deal with this idea. But it's a haunted house just in space, 
Uh, but it's not a constant reminder of like, oh, they're blowing the airlock here or like you're looking out the window and Jason like stabs you through the captain's chair. Things like that, you know? Yeah. Now, I'm going to have to jump in here and I can't Please. believe I'm doing this, but I am going to defend Hellraiser Bloodlines, <laughs> a.k.a. Hellraiser 4, uh, simply because of the way that the story was structured. And again, this... It's a, it's a story we hear all the time. The studio came in and forced reshoots and kicked the director off and recut it and did a bunch of, you know, put it in a different order and all that. But the overall story of Hellraiser Bloodlines is that it spans centuries. Like it goes back to the, like the 1800s, then I think into like the 80s, and then it uh, goes into the future. And it's uh, it's kind of a progression. So it all kind of makes sense in that one. They didn't just go, oh, in this one, <laughs> Pinhead's just in space. Yeah, he's space uh, face. So, sp space face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's my, I'm, I'm defending Hellraiser Bloodline. Couldn't believe I'm doing that. But anyway. I really, <laughs> I really, I really hope that at any point that you are, you do not defend that movie or most movies in that franchise. I unfortunately finished that whole franchise uh, last year and there's uh, three to four in the entire thing, including the new one that are worth watching. It's, it's a, it's a rough one. Yeah. I didn't even, oh, I didn't wow. even like the uh, I didn't like the new one. Hmm. Didn't see that one. I'm... Uh, I, I, I like the different take on it. I mean, compared to most of the franchise, it was pretty decent. Well, if you but, watch the new yeah, one I mean, after watching not... like many of these sort of subpar sequels, I could understand the new one being like, "Hey, it's better than those." <laughs> yeah. So that's how it actually worked <laughs> out. I didn't even pl I, I didn't plan it, but I I actually finished it. And then probably like a month later, it came out. Mm. So yes, I mean it was like this is drastically better than the last five, you know, Hellraisers yeah. that I watched. Well, and in fairness to the new you one know, too, I watched it uh, on my iPad on a flight, so mm. it's maybe like not uh -oh. the best. Yeah, hey, look, I watched it on an airplane like a true cinephile. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, here's. Look, I, I I grew up watching the Hellraiser flicks on VHS because, um, you know, that's where, when I was around. And the first one, uh, you know, I probably didn't get a lot of it when I was young. Uh, watching that one again as an adult is a completely different experience. And I really respect what Clyde Barker was doing with that um, and uh, what he was exploring. The second one is my absolute favorite uh, because it takes that whole premise... And ex and explores uh, more of the mythos of it, and and gives us a little bit more more answers, but not all the answers. Uh, the budget was bigger. Uh, so some great visuals in that. Part three was is just the goofiest fucking thing I've I've seen in in, in a long time in a series. That was uh, Hell on Earth, right? Uh, where he comes out of the uh, the magic art piece. Uh, <laughs> and then. Mm -hmm. Bloodline, that's when I kind of just like uh, tapped out of that. And then for the studio to hang on to the rights, they just keep cranking out these direct to VHS ones that aren't even direct. They weren't even really Hellraiser scripts when they, when they put them into production. They just slapped a couple Hellraiser things on there at the beginning or end or, you know, sprinkle it throughout. 
So all of those were strictly to hang on to the, uh, you know, to the, to the production rights. Um, but hey, I'm, did you like part two, Ben? Did you like that one? Oh yeah. No, the first two are, the first two are classic. Which is the one Sweet. with uh, the, the white dude with the, like the villainy face? One and two? Maybe, no, one, <laughs> I guess. No, I like one. That's a, where, uh, it's like a TV actor, I guess. Uh, Oh, are you talking about the chaos guy, the all state no, guy? No, not him. That's Dean Winters. I I don't know. I'll 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 look it up and I'll I'll get back to you after the episode's over, but this is gonna leave a giant void for the listeners. It was, one of, it was one of the looking guys. <laughs> look, this is not a great description, <laughs> all right, but it's one of the Hellraiser movies. Uh like I, yeah, the dude finds the box. He was he's like a B actor. But he's more famous than like some of the other people that have been in Hellraiser. And, and then what happens? And then people die. They get skinned. <laughs> they get skinned or something. You don't say. There's hooks and chains. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Lance Hendrickson so, was in one. Inferno. That's the one. It's got uh, Craig Schaefer. It's got Nick Turturro and James Raymar. Uh, of all of the shitty, <laughs> shitty direct-to-video sequels, Inferno is probably my favorite, which yeah. is, you know, not saying a lot. I think that one really, again, it wasn't meant to be a Hellraiser film, and it almost worked until the very end. That there was, there was, because uh, none of it was supposed to be real, and at the end, I think they fucked it up and said, "Oh no, it's real." Uh, but I like Craig Sheffer, and um, I loved him in Nightbreed. And I thought that some of the shit, like those creepy lady Cenobites mm-hmm. uh, in that, in that one, whoa, that was fucking weird. Yeah. That's uh, out of all the shitty, shittiest ones. That's the least shitty. I I actually like the video game one. Ah! That was probably my, that was my favorite of the <laughs> shitty ones. That's the one with Lance Hendrickson in it. That is um, uh, Hellraiser. What the fuck is that called? Hellworld. I can't. How many? This. How many Hellraiser Hell movies yeah. are there? There's eleven or twelve, Oof. I believe. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's eleven original, and then the new one is the twelfth. Was the twelfth one? That's one. So where, yeah. Last, I think we've probably gone over. Oh, um, we're way the fuck off, off topic here. Well, so I was. I was just going to ask Nick, is there anything that you had in your notes about Ghoulies 2 that we didn't talk about that you wanted to um, talk about? No, I think I found a way to weave it all in there. It, it, well, the movie started okay. with the, the big rig, you which have is a... like another uh, fear of mine. I mean, obviously, Duel has played a large role in that. Um, maximum Overdrive is another one. I still, like, if I see one on the freeway, I'm like, I'm not trying to get next to that thing. I saw, coming home one night, someone was drunk. They swerved into the back wheels of the big rig in, like, a 1992 Toyota Corolla sedan and, like, took the whole, like, side of the car off and both the truck and the car, like, pretended it didn't happen. So I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not trying to be anywhere near that. The I think I, I, think I remember. He, yeah, the truck probably didn't. Yeah, the truck might not have known. I actually remember you telling that story because I just listened to the uh, dual episode with you and Donald. Nice. So you had mentioned that. Yeah, well, what a, that's a great. That was a good episode. 
Um, I was gonna say, do you have a uh, favorite horror franchise, Nick? There's gonna be a lot of dead air here. Well, I think so. <laughs> if you have something else to add in, all right. Well, why? You, <laughs> why? Well, why? Why you're thinking about it? I'll I'll talk about my um my so my entry into horror was I watched the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was probably about eleven ish. <laughs> And I was terrified. Uh-huh. Like Freddy, Freddy will always be my favorite, uh, like horror, you know, main guy. And uh, but yeah, just I mean, the thought of like going to sleep and then you know you're basically in hell, yeah, is pretty terrifying as a child, especially when you know kids already have issues going to sleep. I I will admit this which only a handful of girlfriends know this um but i actually still sleep with a light on <laughs> <laughs> well now everybody that listens to the show is going to know this as well yes well i mean it's you know it's fine it's 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 uh it's it's funny but yeah i mean i, I definitely was pretty traumatized by uh freddy when i was a child well, as so- long as you're not wetting the bed still i mean i think you're okay Everybody has off nights. I don't wet the bed. I've never actually done that. <laughs> I've shit myself, but not <laughs> wet the bed. <laughs> not while I was sleeping either, by the you way. You haven't so. lived until you've shit your own pants. Yeah. Uh, Especially when experience. you're out somewhere and you're nowhere near home to a to a change of pants. That's the true experience. Okay, so I'll tell a quick story. Oh, fuck. I was uh, living... <laughs> I was living in Grand Rapids at the time and we were downtown and they have this incredible library. It's like old historical looks. It's really cool. And I was like, I really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go inside the library and use the bathroom. So I'm in there and I walk in and there was a line of like five dudes waiting for the toilets. There's only two toilets. So I'm like, this is a nightmare, a literal nightmare. And so I'm waiting and there's this guy in one of the stalls and he's in there for like forever. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I finally get into the stall and I look over and this dude's got a rig and he's, uh, you know, shooting up heroin. So that's why he was in there so long. And I, <laughs> the I think my like, initial shock of what was happening in that stall i like kind of froze and i just didn't make it to the toilet so (laughs) i had to then that that guy passes out i had to call 911 the fucking no no i actually should have so my girlfriend runs home to get my pants there's literally an EMS crew and guys are getting pissed at me because I'm now taking up the second <laughs> stall and I'm like, oh God, these guys are going to ask me to like leave the stall or something. And I'm sitting there like butt naked and I'm like, oh, please don't open this door. Why'd you take your shirt off? <laughs> well, I mean, I had a shirt on, but yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't have pants on. I took my sneakers off and it, it was a nightmare. Oh, smart move. So. Anyways, that's my that's my shit shitting my pants story. <laughs> oh, I want to share a um, shit story. Go for it. <laughs> All right. 
This is this is the shit show after all. This is the <laughs> we've turned into the literal literal shit show. Um, I was uh this was probably in two thousand one or two thousand. Um, I was gearing up to hopefully film a short film, and there was a old abandoned glass factory out in the woods uh, that had. It, it basically it was just the leftover tunnels that were still halfway underground and stuff like that and some, you know, columns and shit out there in the woods. And I was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to bring my video camera and I'm just going to get some shots and see what we have to work with and whatnot. And so I drove, oh, 30 minutes down to that location and I get out of my car and I'm walking into the woods and all of a sudden it's, oh my God, I'm going to explode. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I think... I think I, I know I have toilet paper in the car. So, quick <laughs> scooter. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Well, I have to pause. Why did you have toilet paper in the car? Is this like a regular occurrence? Roadside crap attack. I was most likely using it for Kleenex to blow my nose at that point. Uh, oh, which okay. I think right. I still got, I got a roll in my car right now to blow my nose with. So, there we go. Last longer than Kleenex, I guess. Uh, anyway. So I get back in the car and I grab the toilet paper and I am about to make it back into the woods. Like I'm crossing the road and doing the squeeze, doing the barely move your legs, right? Kind of scooting one foot mm -hmm. next to the other and it just goes. And uh, and then, oh, I, oh God. And there's then, then, of course, cars start driving by. Uh, so I'm standing on the side of the road, sitting myself, as people drive by. Uh, so I had to, I had to take off my pants and stuff and, and clean myself up as best I could and drive home without any pants or underwear on. You that just was left fun. that stuff in the woods. So the, oh, the yeah. dream scenario of this story is that... <laughs> The dream scenario of this story is that you got pulled over by a cop on the <laughs> What happened to your pants? Oh, I like... shit myself and left the pants Why? in the woods. <laughs> Why are you naked? Uh, that's literally right, so. I, I think we can uh, wrap this up, but I do I, well, want on. to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, wait, well, we got... All right. So. We normally do a rating. That's one of the things that we do here. Uh, this is Ben's thing that he has brought to the show that we do every time. So if we if if we were gonna have to rate this film, and let's go ahead and rate the first one too. So we have five star rating system. Um, and I will let I will let Nick start because Nick always puts me on the fucking spot. We're gonna we're gonna put him on the spot first too. Nick, if we had to rate the first and second Ghoulies flick. What do you got for me? Can I use my Sour Patch Kids rating system or no? Do I got to adhere to these stars? I don't even know sir? what that is. It's my it's way of... My five Sour heard Patch of... Kids. <laughs> I haven't done a good job of like keeping up with it, but I love Sour Patch Kids, so I was like, I'm just going to rate movies based on Sour Patch Kids. So I would say I give the first one like a solid three, but the three of them would be probably blue, yellow, and green. <laughs> and then it means nothing to me. 
<laughs> have you not had Sour Patch Kids? Blue is the best, so that's a good I thing. Have not. <laughs> uh, I would say the second Ghoulies, I would give it like maybe two, but it would be orange and green. So it's like give it two, but it's like a low <laughs> ranking two. If I could give it one and give it like so, blue is the highest ranking Sour Patch Kid for me at least. Uh, and then let's see, red yellow green orange so it allows me to have a little bit of flexibility and not you know rate things with any seriousness of any kind <laughs> i i hate it we'll give because it because i don't understand fine, it. fine i'll say three three <laughs> stars no you're fine three stars for care. ghoulies one one star for the sequel okay okay ben so Maybe it was my experience with watching it with you guys, but I had a blast with Ghoulies. Um, and is it a four-star movie? No. Um, but it was a four-star experience. I really loved it. <laughs> it's probably probably one of my favorite um, first films in a horror franchise, um, mostly just because it was so much fun. But the second one... Uh, I'm probably leaning towards like a two. I I I could I could yeah. I'm probably leaning towards a two. It's 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 not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first one, yeah, I go for a solid three stars on that one too. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty creative. Um, it's not just a Gremlins ripoff as you would think. Um, for a low budget film, yeah, very very creative. Uh, googly eyes and and all. Um. Second one, uh, man, yeah, it's a bit... There's more Ghoulies action. The Ghoulies look a little better. Uh, I can't say that they are more ambulatory than the first one. They still barely move. <laughs> um, but uh, it's got that crazy end scene with the giant Ghoulie running around eating the other ones. So I give it a two and a half, I think, um, just for for the, uh, the, the special effects and the creativeness with that. Um, and then, uh, so Ben, were you going to say something before we wrap it up? What was it, buddy? I was just going to take some time and, uh, just talk about Nick and just tell him how much I appreciate him. And, uh, like, honestly, I don't know. This podcast would not exist if it wasn't for you, which you might regret that because <laughs> you created this shit but i mean really in, in in all fairness uh i i really appreciate what you've done and the time you take and the money that you've spent and waking up early on saturdays and uh it's it's been very uh cathartic for me i don't have a lot of like real life friends and i don't mean you guys aren't my friends but like in my day-to-day -day, i don't have a lot of people that i talk to about movies and you know movies are obviously very important to me <clears throat> and so i just want to uh you know just let you know that like without you you know i wouldn't have met nicks which has been um mostly a blessing <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> but, 
uh, no, but like seriously, like it, you know, I mean, you actually like at least halfway named this podcast as well, and uh, you know, um, so I just wanted to say thank you, and uh, I wouldn't have had wanted anybody else on for like our first guest, and uh, I also want to give you time to you know talk about your own stuff going on and you know where people can find you and all that stuff we'll put it in the notes but also you know you could talk about it whatever you want as you know far as that's concerned well i want to kiss his ass too i mean give me me, you guys forget i'm here Uh. (laughs) pucker up big fella (laughs) put on my chapstick um yeah i pretty much exactly what ben said dude you you provide a, a great um a, a great area for for people lovers of film no matter if you like the classics or you know the the new ones the dramas the comedies musicals horror films low budget shit you give us a great uh spot where everybody can communicate and not feel that they're being judged and shit like that it's a great place to hang out i learned everything about uh podcasting from guesting on your show and seeing how you do it uh, so that uh, when Ben and I actually were able to get started, it was somewhat tolerable, I think. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate all the time and effort you put into. Uh, go for it, Shit Snake. What you got? Well, thank you both very much. That was very sweet. You know, um, it has been like starting the film club and sort of like beginning on that journey was. Uh, like I didn't have an end goal in sight necessarily. We started with like four or five people. It was mostly uh, football friends. So it was like people that I sort of interacted with on a regular basis that were sports fans that also like movies. And that's kind of like where the ball got rolling. And then <clears throat> to see, to see how much it has meant to other people has been very rewarding for me. And so to hear it from you guys, uh, I, I take that to heart because that's the reason that like I did all this stuff in the first place was just to give sort of like a space where it's okay to have disagreements on movies, but to all still like enjoy sort of the the dialogue of enjoying films and sort of that as a medium that we can all rally behind and so I'm I'm really glad to hear that from you guys because it is important to me that the people that are doing it uh have fun. And I think you guys should give yourself some credit as well. Like this show started because you guys wanted to make the show. And sure, like you guys met because you're both in the film club and that's something I started, but you know, give your guys give yourselves credit because it's not easy to produce a show. I know that. Uh, you know, when I was doing a hundred episodes of my other show a year ago, like it's a ton of work and it's a it's a big commitment to stick with it and to dedicate not just the time to record it and to watch the movie and to edit it and promote it. Like there's a lot that goes into it. So uh, I think you guys are on the right track. This is a podcast where I've been able to listen to since the beginning. So like I'm current. I've heard all the episodes, which is very, very rare. As you know, Ben, like <laughs> as you detailed your your wheel of doom <laughs> <laughs> in your podcast watching experience. But I I use the opportunity like sort of when I started the Shice podcast, it's like this is me testing like what I can do with this space and 
how can I functionally do it? How can I stay committed? How can I not burn out? All of those different things. And then Bad Movies We Love was probably like the best idea to come out of that show. And it was strong enough where I felt that I want to take this on its own. So I started it as its own show. It was like a little bit of a process to move everything over, to migrate all the episodes, to make sure I take them down from the other feed so I don't get, you know, in trouble for any music that I've bought. Um, but it's been a ton of fun. You guys have done the show. I've done the show with Nick's a couple of times. Ben, you're going to do another one coming up. But in in doing that show and just sort of being in a space where, hey, we go into this movie knowing that it's not great, but it's a space to like express love for something that maybe isn't easily loved. And I think in that way, it's given me a really good opportunity to get to know the people that have come on the show and to understand them as people better. Because I think as I've gotten older and I'm not going to call it wisdom because, you know, that's, <laughs> I don't know that I have that, but as I've gained experience, <laughs> I will say that I think that the way sort of that we perceive movies or the way that they resonate with us is, uh, incredibly personal so i think the way that you look at a movie is much more a reflection of you as the viewer than it is of the movie as a piece of art and so like the more i've embraced that i feel like i've become a better film fan i've become a better film advocate and i've become a better friend to other people that uh also want to express their love for film whether it be a, a clunky you know early 90s sequel that doesn't live up to the original or if it's like a 80s you know joke fest that takes itself maybe too seriously but ends up actually being a really good time i would say that yes i echo the sentiment that the ghoulies watch party was a five-star experience but the movie itself is maybe not that great of a movie but the fact that we can all just acknowledge that have a good time with it enjoy each other's company and watching it i think that's what it's about and that's kind of what i try to embody spirit wise on bad movies we love by the way that's if you go looking for it i can't imagine anyone listening to our show does not know about yours it's spelled l-u-v if you're looking for it on a podcast but if you look at the actual logo it's spelled l-o-v-e is that correct so yes what i had to do is that the the actual l-o-v-e spelling was taken on social media so i just pivoted but the actual logo art is spelled the correct way you can email me at bad movies we love or at nick at the you can find me on x or insta at bad movies we love <laughs> l-u-v but if you're looking for it just type bad movies we love and you'll get you'll probably get close enough sweet oh uh, well hey uh uh ghoulies one sadly not available for free um you can i think you can buy it uh, it might be available to buy on streaming by rent ghoulies 2 is available if you have a subscription to amazon prime uh, it's also free and open to the public, like Ben's mom on Tubi, uh, and uh, along with Ghoulies Three. <laughs> and um, listen, can we just get through one fucking episode without mentioning somebody's mom? 
I was like, oh, we're actually going to get through an episode without talking about somebody's fucking mom. Well, yeah. Well, listen, at least you're consistent. <laughs> I really appreciate Nick being here. Ben, I, you know, I love, I love having you with me every, every time we do this, man. Um, I guess, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. I think anybody who made it through this, uh, thank you so much. We're still growing. Please come back, grow with us. And, uh, if you want to eventually join us in this nonsense maniac uh, world that we live in, uh, eventually we're going to have an email. But you can contact <laughs> us at... Uh, They're free. Uh, you bad... can set that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could... Uh... <laughs> Dude, we're, we're not, not the most... Uh, we're not the most together people. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter under uh, Cinema Shit Show. We're on Facebook. We have a group there. Uh, we're also on Blue Sky uh, Cinema Shit Show as well. If you want to follow us and send us a message or whatever, let us know. Uh, and I guess that's it. I guess we'll see everybody on the next one. Cool. Oh, yeah, Thanks, of course. Nick. And I will say that it's probably Evil Dead would be my favorite done. franchise because oh, most of the other horror movies that I really liked didn't end up getting franchised. And then the other ones, it's like I like the first and second one of most of them. And, you know. And then I also sharded myself while walking my dog and and locked myself out of the house on the same day. So I had to call I had to call my brother and have uh, have his well, my brother in law, my sister's husband. He had to get his brother, who's a locksmith, to come open the door. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, hanging out." I'm like, "I have to shit. Please leave." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I forgot to swing back All to right, that. Man. Thanks. Yeah, but thanks. All right, I'm going to hit guys. stop. I love you both. Huh? I said thank you guys. I'm proud of you for yeah. what you've done with this show and I hope to see it continue to grow. Thanks, yeah. Nick. I mean, I'm excited for the show and also potentially uh other projects down the road. One at a time, buddy. One at a time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all Listen, right. I have ADHD. I have ADHD, so I start like seven things at once. Okay. I've tried to shut this this episode down three times now, and we're still going. Uh, so that's the end of the shit show for now. <laughs> we will uh, we will check it with everybody later. All right, and all right. I think it's love y'all. No.